welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery. This is Anne. I have Kirsten back on today's episode. If you did not hear last week, please go back and listen to last week first. We're continuing her conversation today. Before we get to that, I want to give a shout out to all of our Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group members. Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group is our online support group. We have multiple sessions a day in every single time zone. I think we're up to 20 three or 24 sessions per week. I can't remember. We just added a couple that might be wrong. You can go to our website to check at btr.org. Once you get on, we recommend that you join from a desktop or a laptop. It's a little bit easier than on your phone because, you know, a phone's really small. Once you join, we also recommend that the first time that you get into a session that you do it from a laptop, just so you know how it works. And then you can do it on your phone, on an iPad, anywhere. You can do it in your car. If the car is stopped and you're not driving, obviously, in your garage, in your closet, we built it for you. You don't have to get childcare. You don't have to set appointments. So please check out the Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group schedule at btr.org, and we'd love to see you in a session today. I love reading your reviews online, and I appreciate all of you who have taken the time to go to Apple Podcasts or your other podcasting apps to rate and review this podcast. Similarly, some of you have recommended us on Facebook, have recommended Trauma Mama Husband Drama, which is my picture book for adults that's available on Amazon. Every single one of your ratings on any platform, in any medium, helps isolated women find us. So please take some time today to rate the podcast so that women like us don't have to go through any more chaos and pain and they can find this free podcast and get the information that they need. Okay, now back to the conversation with Kirsten. I talked with Kirsten last week about meatloafing, which is an awesome episode. So if you have not heard that, please go back and listen to that first and then join us here again. Kirsten is a member of our community. She is also an incredible artist. And I wanted her to come back on to talk about her art and how that has helped her process her trauma and heal from what she has been through. I had the opportunity to go to her art show with my mother. We spent, I don't know, maybe two hours. I was surprised that we spent so long there because every single painting was so touching to me. I read the descriptions and I just sat and pondered it and we didn't want to leave. We just wanted to stay there. And it was one of the best experiences I've had viewing art that really spoke to me and helped me process my own trauma. So I really appreciated it. Having had that experience with your art, able to view it and process my own trauma and just interpret it in different ways. Can you talk about your art and what it means to you and how it's helped you? Sure. So, you know, sometimes we think, well, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what was happening to me. I have all this trauma stored up in me. I didn't know how to process it. But the human mind is incredibly flexible and you know, very able to defend itself against trauma in any way that it can. And for me, a way that I didn't realize I was doing that before I even found out anything about um, what was happening in my marriage was through art. I was processing the things that were happening in my life through art. I initially had gone to school to be a children's book illustrator. That's what I thought I wanted to do. 
Um, and I and I love that still, but I kept finding myself being drawn to doing a lot of really uh, angsty and introspective uh, self-portraits, you know. And I laugh sometimes because I, I I think, gosh, I am. What am I a narcissist? You know, that word gets thrown around a lot. I just keep painting myself over and over and over again. But I don't know if you know anything about the artist Frida Kahlo, but she did a lot of self-processing through her art as well. A lot of self-portraits and like. Don't know if I would say that I'm as amazing as she was, but she's kind of my guide as far as just going ahead and doing what your heart tells you to do as an artist. The first self-portrait that I did was right after my first divorce from my 18-month marriage, and it was surprising to me how cathartic it was to paint the feelings I was feeling and get them out onto this canvas. And that continued through my entire getting married again, being a young mother, and through a very toxic marriage. I would do these self-portraits. Usually I would have a dream and the image would be in my head when I would wake up. And so then I would go through the process of doing sketches and taking pictures and preparing the work and, and, then, and then making it. And I'd always feel better afterwards. But I didn't really realize what I was doing. Now looking back and having had so much education in uh, therapeutic modalities, uh, especially somatic work, which I'm very passionate about, and learning more about trauma and what it does to the body and the brain, I realized that I was releasing a lot of trauma into my paintings. In fact, sometimes I laugh and call my paintings horcruxes because I feel like I've cut a piece of my soul out and put it into the painting. But usually the things that I leave in the painting are things that are good to be leaving. So it's just a really important way for me to journal my life, to express my feelings, and to get something out of my soul. I'd like to talk about a couple of specific pieces, if you don't mind. One of them is this incredible painting of you in a nightgown with a halo in a dirty bathroom. And I really wanted to talk to you about this because I have had so many dirty bathroom dreams where I'm in like a stall, the toilet's overflowing, there's dirty water on the ground, the sink is overflowing, and it's just disgusting. And I have to figure out how to go to the bathroom in there. This is a recurring dream that I've had repeatedly. And when I saw this painting, I was like, this is straight out of my dream. And I don't know if this was one that you had a dream about as well. There's also, for our listeners at home, we won't show a picture of it, but there's also a chicken in it <laughs> and a candle. So this was the first painting that I did after my therapeutic disclosure that I went through with my now ex-husband and our therapist, in which I heard all the things, all the things that had been happening in my marriage for 17 years. And I had read online a call for entry to a show in which they were asking people to do theme-specific artwork. And it was for a gallery that was in LA. 
and the name of the show was called Waterline. And they wanted women artists to do works about water and its effect on their lives. And I had never entered a show that wasn't local. I wanted to be brave. Um, I had, you know, kind of had my fists up in a fighting mode after finding out all these awful things. And so I was thinking about what I could do for the show if I was going to enter it. And I had a dream that night that I was in a old, dirty, and for me, it wasn't a bathroom. It was actually a, a, an abandoned psychiatric hospital, like from a horror movie, you know, <laughs> with broken tiles and the old school look of the industrial in the 20s and 30s and drains and yucky, dirty water everywhere. And that I was uh, covered in mud with the lines from floods. You know, when there's a flood, how it leaves a line of debris on whatever, you know, the building or the edge of the creek or something. There's a flood and they'll leave these lines. And each line, you know, progressively went up what was representing different traumas that I'd been through in my life and uh, it was as if I was there you know the, the image already existed it had been created you know at, if you will spiritually in my head that night so I got up the next morning and I ran to the thrift store and I found a nightgown and I went outside and <laughs> started <laughs> dumping myself in mud so that I could take photos to, to draw from for this painting and just the process of actually preparing the reference photos, getting this nightgown muddy, getting my arms muddy, taking the pictures was incredibly important to me. It was, if anybody had filmed it, would be considered a piece of performance art that went along with the painting, but you know, it was a private experience and not something that I wanted documented for everybody to see. And then when I started putting the imagery together, I had to include a chicken because I love chickens and they're my girls. They're like my spirit animal and I don't know why. So <laughs> don't try to ask me to explain it, but she's like my spirit guide. So that was one of my hens, Penny, my hen, and she was in the painting. And then I also included a prayer candle like you would find in, in a Catholic church, the altar. I like to use a lot of old Renaissance imagery in my artwork. I just like it. I put a halo around myself because I felt like not toot my own horn or anything but uh, sometimes when you go through really traumatic experiences especially when they last for a long time it changes you and those experiences can be sanctified by your healing and you kind of feel like these old saints you know there's a saint for everything in the catholic church there's a saint for everything um a saint for moving a saint for people that drown in water a saint for being killed by an arrow on the back of a wagon I mean anything that you can think of and and I'm like yeah I, I feel like I'm the saint for toxic marriages or something so that's why I included that imagery and it just came pouring out of me I got the painting done really quickly um sent it to the show it did very well there I won several awards with it and it's just it's kind of like an icon for me so. Saint Kirsten yeah right <laughs> yeah it was very uh, just 
I don't know if shocking is the right word that I would use for me, but because it just spoke to me so deeply of the imagery that I had experienced in my dreams. It's interesting that the experience of this type of abuse, we have, the details are all different for every woman, but this feeling of we've been almost drowned in someone else's filth in a place where we should be safe. Like yours was a psychiatric hospital. That's a place where someone should be helping you, you know, technically. And in a bathroom, it should be somewhere that you feel safe enough to just, you know, relax, I guess. But instead of that, you're getting someone else's filth all over you. And uh, it is it is kind of a sanctifying experience. It leaves marks on you. And those marks don't go away. They can be transformed, but they don't go away. The title is called Flood Damage, and that it really, it really looks like that. It was amazing. There were so many, like every single one I could talk about, especially your, what are the ones called, the Japanese ones, where you put yourself back together with gold? Kintsugi. Those really spoke to me. But the second one I'd like to really focus on is called unequally yoked. So this is a painting of Kirsten with a yoke and she is yoked on one side. Yes. Yeah. I have my neck in one side of the double yoke. Okay. Yeah. And the other one is just empty and she's pulling this by herself. This one too, it just, I mean, every one of your paintings just hit me at my core, but this one I spent so much time just observing and thinking about and processing my own things. Can you talk about this one a little bit? I did this painting. It's probably my favorite painting that I've ever done, by the way. It just really speaks to me still. I did it in 2018. I was divorced and just starting to get back into trying to date. <laughs> it was a vulnerable time for me. There was a lot of heaviness and loneliness at that time and again I, I'm not quite sure why this happens but I had a dream about this painting and woke up with the image in my head already so I couldn't find a yoke to make the painting when I did the reference photos I put a very heavy beam of wood over my shoulders so that I could get that sense of weight and heaviness I just have so much grief over the fact that I've had two partners who were supposed to be my forever companion, in which that didn't happen. And not only did it not happen, but I carried the brunt of the emotional work. I carried their shame for them instead of letting them do their own work. And now I'm carrying the weight of being a single mom and trying to deal with the damage that's been done to my children. And I just felt it so heavily. I think that it just needed to come out in this image. And, you know, in the scriptures, uh, Jesus talks about a yoke. And he says that his yoke is easy, his burden is light. And that if you'll yoke yourself to him, that you can make it through the things in life. 
but the yoke also connotes being tied to something. When you yoke yourself to something, that double yoke of an oxen team, you can't move unless they're moving. And if they don't move, you have to drag them. So there was a lot of feelings and symbolism in that for me. And then I put fig leaves around in the background to kind of represent some things that I feel about partnership, the Garden of Eden and that story of creation. Then I also added a, a wedding ring in the background. So I had a ton of feelings come out while I was painting this painting. I actually had to stop several times and put it away because I would just start crying and I couldn't see the, the panel I was working on, so I would just have to put it away. But I think you can feel that when you look at the painting. One of the cool things about seeing artwork in life, as opposed to just a picture online, can really feel the feelings that were poured into a piece. That is what is incredible about excellent art, is that obviously you painted it and put in the work, but it felt like it was painted just for me and just for all the members of our community who can imagine that feeling of being unequally yoked and then having to carry the burden of the lack <laughs> of a partner. Yeah, I really appreciate your your art and your talent. And so many women have gone through this and they're they're so incredibly talented. And you are one of those amazing, talented women. I'm going to have Kirsten share her URL for her website so that you guys can take a look at these. What is the URL, Kirsten? It's just www.kirstenbeitler.com. B-E-I-T-L-E-R. I would really encourage you to go take a look at her artwork. Hopefully it will speak to you as it spoke to me. So to conclude, can you talk a little bit about how a community of sisters, both the BTR community and just the community of Shiro's that you are connected with online and in real life has helped you to heal? Absolutely. This community, this idea of community and sisterhood is one of the things, and I'm not exaggerating, that I say actually saved my life and my sanity. It started for me when I don't actually know how this happened. Um, I wasn't looking for it. I was just online and then all of a sudden it was there in front of me. I just consider it a tender mercy from God. There was a list of meetings for wives of porn addicts sponsored by my church. And at this time I didn't actually know whether my then husband was actually a porn addict or not. I just knew something was wrong. And I drove to that meeting shaking <laughs> in the most bland clothes that I could find, sat outside of my, in my car watching people go into this meeting, absolutely terrified. I don't know how I made myself go in that room, but when I did, I was met with loving compassion because they all knew exactly what I was going through. I didn't have to say anything or do anything. I was just enfolded in love. And from those groups came some of the best and truest friends that I've ever had in my life. And they saved me. They walked with me through horrendous things. And I've been able to be there for them too. 
And through this process, I found a larger community online of other women who have also been through the similar types of things. And finding that filled so many holes in my heart because I didn't feel like a freak anymore. I didn't feel alone. There was at least one woman whose story was so similar to mine that I knew, okay, this isn't just because of me. This isn't just because of how broken I am. This is happening to other people too. And it was such a relief. It was such a relief to me. Not that you would ever want anybody to go through that like you did, but just to know that it's not because of you. And I was part of this community until it transitioned and changed and then into a BTR community, which actually ended up leaving for a year or so just because of where I was in my healing process. I didn't really want to be reminded of being in the thick of trauma at that particular time. But I felt like I had received so much healing in my life from other women who had been there before me. I felt like this is something that I could do. So I was great, grateful to come back to be part of the community actively again. And am always so grateful when anything that I've gone through can help somebody else because that is a part of that sanctifying process I was talking about earlier, where something horrible is turned into something holy. Yeah, it's amazing how much our Shiro community has evolved over the years, because that's how I started out too, you know, 10 years ago or however long ago. And in that, uh, you know, when we were all really on the, how can I support my addict husband train? And we've all evolved together to be like, that didn't work, (laughs) right? Like, oh, he may be an addict. There's no question about that. But for us, what we were experiencing the entire time was abuse. We didn't know that back then. And it's so nice to come out of the fog and be able to define it and help other women so that they don't have to go through the, you know, 10, 20-year process, seven, however long it was process of figuring that out oh my goodness and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of therapy and agony and the cool thing is because we're all together now and because we're we're continuing our healing journey together we are still evolving we still don't know what we don't know right we still are there for each other and the when one of us has an epiphany all of us have an epiphany you know it's like oh why didn't we think of that before? (laughs) So it's a really amazing community to be a part of, to see it evolve, because our true desire is for safety and truth and peace. We are evolving to be more gentle with each other and more kind and more understanding and yet also more fierce in our boundaries and more fierce in our belief in ourselves and what we deserve and that we are worth it. And so it's it's a it's a mix of like amazing bravery and also this incredible vulnerability at the same time that to me is just the most amazing army of healthy women who can help bring other women out of the fog of abuse. Absolutely. You know, none of us are perfect. We're all still learning. We learn from each other every day. 
Um, there are so many people that have so many different opinions about everything, but still working together to try and clear everybody's mind, you know, and come out healed. And it can happen and it does happen every day. Well, thank you for sharing parts of your story and some of your talent, especially with your meatloaf metaphors. <laughs> You're amazing, Kirsten. Thank you so much for coming on today's episode. If this podcast is helpful to you, please support it. Go to our website, btr.org, scroll down to the bottom, click on support the podcast. Many women are interested in books that they can read about this. We have a books page. It's btr.org backslash books. That's a curated list of all of the books we recommend. So please go there, check that out. If you click on any of those books, it just takes you to Amazon so that you can just stick stuff in your shopping cart like you're doing all the time. That's again, btr.org backslash books for a specially curated list of books just for you. And until next week, stay safe out there.